Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. In 2019. Happy New Year. We made it. We sure did. How are you feeling? You know, fresh as a daisy. (laughs) You look great. Thank you. I'm just ready to start things off. I don't know. I'm just ready to get get the ball rolling. Yeah, I, I hear do, that. I do love a new year. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that the Jewish New Year is in September because then I kind of get two New Years. <laughs> do you feel, do you set a resolution, uh, Rosh Hashanah? I don't set a resolution, but it does feel like a rebirth. I think mm. also because it was always around, I think I've talked about this before, it was always around the beginning of school. Mm-hmm. So like the school year starting also felt like a new year. So the combination was really just like... So much newness. I do feel often feel kind of refreshed. I think also we're very fortunate that we live in Southern California where like um, 
the plants start to pop out this time of year. Mm-hmm. Unlike the rest of the country who probably goes through spring in spring, you know, the jasmine's starting to pop out. Yeah. You know, so there's just a lot of kind of freshness in the air that makes me feel really good. Hmm. Do you have, so you said last episode that you are not making resolutions, but what kind of rituals well, I have, are you thinking of? I have really liked a vision vision board collage yes. situation. Same. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. Not that even, not that I'm even going to kind of set concrete goals for the year. Yeah. Although I might, and I find that setting goals is kind of different from resolutions. Yes. Um, so I might kind of set some kind of professional and personal goals, but uh, it's more like, uh, I think my goals are more kind of internal, mm. just like how I'm approaching life and, you know, how I'm treating people. Yeah. That's kind of more what I'm focusing on. But I, I, I think vision boarding is going to be what I go with. Yeah. I like a vision board. I love a vision uh, board. Just a collage, just some pictures. Yeah. Just the practice of sitting in quiet with images. Totally. It sounds okay, right? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a nice reflective exercise. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything fancy or special mm-hmm. or anything that you show anybody. Totally. Uh, do you plan on vision boarding this, this weekend? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, my husband and I, my husband had gotten into vision boarding in Palm Springs. What a thing to get into as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think I will propose it for this year as well. I wonder if my husband would vision board. I mean, Matt got into tarot, so look, anything is possible. I mean, Anthony has known I've been into astrology for years and kind of never given a hoot. And then one day he came home and was like, I got to figure out the time of day I was born. (laughs) Everybody at work is into astrology. And I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Yes. Get into it. (gasps) So, you know, it's never too late. No, it's not. I mean, I also really like going to the beach like in the new year. Yeah. That feels, the ocean feels very cleansing I to me. I love an ocean. <laughs> Is that right? right? Yeah, I do. Oh, I that do too. Really <laughs> I love an ocean. I mean, oh, okay. like I've lived on a coast my whole life. No, there is something very cleansing about just like watching the movement of the sea. Yeah. And I also, I, I like a cold beach. You know, this is not the first time on the podcast you've said that you are a fan of a cold I beach. I am a fan of a cold beach. What can I say? I, you know, I don't love... I don't love the heat. I don't love too much sun. I burn very easily. So like a kind of a blustery, chilly, foggy mm, beach. Yes, a foggy beach. Have you ever been to the Oregon coast? A long time ago, but I have friends who live up there who are always posting gorgeous photos of their foggy beach yes, experiences. They have such great foggy beaches. I mean, look, I have read Twilight. They do go to a foggy <laughs> beach off the coast of Washington. And I assume you've seen Goonies. I love Goonies. Yeah. It takes place in Oregon. Yeah. Um, well, so I think what we're kind of saying is like just a moment in nature feels good. A moment in nature feels great. It's also a nice step out of um, the world that exists around us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I have been finding taking like long outdoor walks. I talked about this a couple weeks ago um, at the Hollywood Reservoir to be very mind clearing. There's just something refreshing. And especially now in LA that it's not so hot. Yes. It's nice to feel a little bit of a chill in the air. Everybody who listens to this podcast in Chicago is. <laughs> and by Minnesota. a little bit of a chill, I mean low 60s. I don't blame you for rolling your eyes at us talking about 
cool beaches and hikes and jasmine in the air you know for two women who grew up in boston we deserve this we deserve los angeles i will say i did go to college through an ice storm in the state of maine i lived in maine for four years so i enjoy los angeles yeah yeah my first sigh of 2019 first podcast sigh. congratulations Thank you. Mm, okay we're back we're still here we are still here so dory one thing we wanted to talk about on this first episode of the year is something we did in july mm-hmm. on this podcast you and i faced each other at a table much like this one much like this one possibly even this possibly one. possibly this one and we set i have this pictured in your office though like in my head, interesting. We did and this in, in my head, office. we did it at your house. Oh, interesting. So I have no idea where this. Who happened. knows? <laughs> but we set intentions. We did to then reevaluate six months from when we set them, and it's been approximately six months. Not exactly to the day, but pretty but darn close. Pretty close. And we're going to kind of review them now. Yeah, let's do that. And then also maybe set some new ones for the new year. Yeah. So. Can we start with yours? Because sure, we're we have a document as we've mentioned for each episode, and Dory has written her intentions, and underneath all of them has written whether or not they worked out, <laughs> and, and in caps with exclamation points. <laughs> and it's like very exciting to just see things that you had thought about six months ago, and they've all kind of happened. Well, you know, it was really weird listening to the episode again. And listening to myself to like in July, Dory. Yes, because I was in such a different place, and I don't think I had totally realized it. Like, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have realized it today if you just asked me. Yeah. Um. Even though I know that I was, what it is, was just, it was just crazy. Like hearing it, it's you know? a weird artifact. Like I haven't yeah. really gone back and listened to old episodes to like check in with myself. Yeah. But it is interesting that we've captured ourselves at certain times and then things have drastically changed yes so when we recorded this episode we were about i think i was like two weeks or like a week and a half out from my embryo transfer um and i was feeling very pessimistic yeah about how it was gonna go and so this is a quote from that episode i said i would just really like in six months and then i was like look, I'd really like to be pregnant, but basically like we all know that's not going to happen. Um, and then I just said like, so I guess what I would really like is to be on a path regarding IVF that feels clear. Um, and I also talked about how I felt like Matt and I had finally become like truly pessimistic, but that had kind of allowed us this breakthrough um, where we came up with more of a plan going forward instead of just being like, we'll just, you know, depends on what happens. We'll figure it out. Um, and we had come up with a plan. And so I said, you know, IVF had caused so much anxiety in our lives and I just want to be on a happier path and I would like us to be out of IVF debt. So, you know, I am pregnant, right? So that happened. Um, and we are not totally out of IVF debt, but we are almost we're, we're getting there. That's amazing. It's been paid down a lot since we last spoke Yay. <laughs> about this. Yeah. So that feels great. Is it crazy? It was crazy to hear myself. I would say I would like to be pregnant in six months and be like, oh, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's also even just crazy thinking about when we recorded this and then almost a month later, you had had just found I out just found early, out. early, mm-hmm. early that you were pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And now there is a human living in your body. She sure is. <laughs> made of you and your partner. Oh God, this is weird. <laughs> Should I go into specific detail? <laughs> yes, please. Um, and then another thing that I said I was a six-month intention is I wanted us to think about our podcast and where we wanted it to go. And I said that it had grown more than either of us thought was possible and that it was worth us thinking about together where we want it to go. We did that. When I heard that, I was like, oh my God, like we we like really did that. It is crazy. We did together sit in a bank and open a bank account. Yes. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. And I mean, like you guys all heard last episode, like we really talked about how we do the podcast and it was just, I don't know. That was another thing where I was like, whoa. Also, the podcast (laughs) is funny because it just kind of, I think neither of us went into it with any sort of expectation. No. So it just unfolded so organically that who know like we just had no idea but i think one thing that is happening now is we are starting to be more intentional i was going to use that same word <laughs> intentional and and i think kind of like consciously ambitious about where we want to take it and thoughtful and thoughtful um which feels great too um and then i also said i would like to find a synagogue which as I said here, kind of worked out. Okay, go on. Well, just in the sense that like I did go to a service <laughs> at a synagogue. That's awesome. That I really liked. Was it a high holiday service or no, just a everyday? It was, um, I don't know if you saw, like a lot of synagogues had special services after the Pittsburgh shootings. I didn't see that. Um, and so I went to that service at this particular synagogue and I really liked it. It like reminded me of my of my temple back home and I saw some people I knew there and the synagogue itself is so beautiful. And I just was like, Oh, okay. I could, I could get into this. Um, I haven't been back, but I want to go back. Like I, I I don't know. I like, I I'd said I'm going to go synagogue shopping, but I did sort of feel like when I walked into the synagogue, I was like, Oh, this is, this feels right. Welcome Dory. Yeah. So maybe like I should just, go with that. Why do I need to go to every synagogue reform synagogue in Los Angeles? I mean, that seems excessive. Find something that works. (laughs) Yeah. Go again. Yeah. And see how it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to the, there's a female rabbi there who seems really great. Maybe I'll talk to her about it. Can I ask you a a kind of related question? Sure. Do you, and did this happen growing up and does anyone even do this? Do you do Shabbat at home? Like, would you do the Shabbat on Friday? So we didn't do it every week but i feel like we lit the candles a lot really mm-hmm. such a beautiful um practice it is yeah so i did light candles almost every night for hanukkah this year yeah um so yeah and then you know some intentions for 2019 i would like to actually join a synagogue um and prepare for the baby, but also try to be at peace with the things I can't control, which is like the most easier said than done thing in the world. Always, but is a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that. And I have a personal writing project that I want to like get out into the world. It's really so, great. I've started reading it. Oh, thank you. I'm allowed to say, but I was chuckling up a storm. Um, well, okay. Before we get to you, I think we're going to take a short break. Let's get in there. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best 
to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So, Kate, what about you? I'm dying. I didn't listen to yours because I was like, I want to be surprised. Dory, what's hilarious is that I wrote it in a planner that I no longer use. So so much for that intention. I did hear you say... (laughs) The funny thing was I didn't listen to all of your intentions, but I did hear you say that you had found this planner and this was the one. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. You know, I will say, like, I am a serial monogamous with these planners. Like, I just go through them. I one get it. after the other after the other and no one is good enough for me no planner Aww. no i'm not good enough for them <laughs> truly it's not the planner it's me 
Um, so I did set this intention in a planner. I didn't put it in the document. I hand wrote it. What a dweeb. No, Kate, there's that negative self-talk That's again. That's right. Oh, God. It's 2019. <laughs> and I still have it. <laughs> Uh, and listen number two no talking down about myself or my accomplishments okay so let's i wrote a huge list yours was very succinct and clear and mine in hindsight i look back and it's just a lot of like feelings That's it's okay. interesting yeah my my intentions weren't like do this thing accomplish this concrete goal it was more just like live laugh love which literally is the first one have fun <laughs> laugh enjoy life don't take it all so seriously and remember what really matters in the end I tried to do that. Yeah. I think I've accomplished it. I will say that um, my husband and I planned a very last minute family vacation in November because we were feeling really disconnected and hadn't seen each other. And we had so much fun. It was just five days. um, As mentioned, planned it through Costco's travel site. And it was so much fun. And I just think remembering like it's our time time together, no matter whether it's in our home or if we're fortunate enough to go on vacation that really matters um that was really really meaningful so i don't that's kind of feels related no talking down about myself or my accomplishments be proud confident and own my power i'm working on this still i definitely don't think i've solved it Mm -hmm. talking down about myself have i talked about this at all in the podcast self-deprecation yeah yeah like i that's learned behavior from my mother who use self-deprecation as humor and i think to make other people feel comfortable and i just do it and i i don't even know how to stop it it's just flows out of me well, i think being aware of it <clears throat> and having people like me to call you on it Thank you <laughs> um probably help i don't know i was once when i was like 22 hanging out with a man that i don't know if he was romantically interested in me or not we were just hanging and he commented on it and i was like oh boy oh wow yeah yep Yep. interesting perceptive man well i'd never talk to him again okay it was kind of (laughs) that's also kind of a neg yeah i was like okay yeah i don't need you to fucking mansplain my neuroses (laughs) totally (laughs) but anyway um I do do that a lot, but I do, I, I am feeling a bit more confident, uh, in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know why, maybe it might be just coming with age that I'm just feeling a little bit more comfortable in my skin. I wrote sit with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. I feel like you did that. We had a conversation on a podcast recently about like how you weren't you weren't able to go to bed yes early and you were just going to kind of what happens with me is that i tend to like i don't i do something that i'm not like i'm ashamed of or isn't good quote unquote good and then i work that up into a shame spiral rather than just being like well this is where i'm I'm at and that's what it is and i i think doing this podcast has helped me become more comfortable with that Mm -hmm. truthfully a listener wrote once and was like hey you don't need to go to bed every night at nine. Like some days it's going to be one thing and another day it's going to be another. And that's okay. And I think about this listener's email all the time. So listener, if you're out there, thank you. Cause that really helped. Uh, here's another one. No one's opinion about my career matters. My self-worth comes from within, not via others' opinions. Ooh. What was going that's on with one. me in July? <laughs> July was a really intense time. Um, and I, you know, it's really funny. I just started working on a new writing project and uh, what I hope to be a book someday. I'm only like 8,000 words in 
and I've already started to talk myself out of it. <gasps> no, I'm going to stick with it. But I got the like, oh, no one's going to want to buy this. This doesn't make any sense. The market's moved on. But, 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 but rather than just I know Dory's Dory's shaking her head. So um, I'm just going to stick with it. Write something that brings me joy. That's my next one. Well, I'm going to stick with this project, which I kind of like it. Uh, it's a fiction project. If anyone wants to buy a fiction project, hit me up. <laughs> um, continue to express and share gratitude. I think I've been pretty consistent with that. You this have year. been. Although I will say shout out to my gratitude Facebook group. I've been really bad about getting back in there. I think that means that tonight I'm going to commit to posting in it. Great. Um, but that has been the most profound practice for me the whole year is just the practice of like expressing my gratitude and even on like the shittiest of days Mm -hmm. figuring like finding the bright spots has just helped me it's helped me feel better let go of negative talk and thoughts about others oh that ties back into not talking down about myself although negative talk about others that's to, interesting. I have to reflect on that. I, I feel like I don't hear you talk negatively about people very it's often. It's not, you know what I will say is that in my experience with myself, negative talk about other people is connected to negative beliefs about myself. Totally. Right? Yes. It's not that anybody that is, is not just you. No, right. I don't think so. And I think that maybe as I learn to like myself mm-hmm. more, my need to shit talk other people or just be mm-hmm. consumed by what other people are doing has gone down yes. a lot. For me, I feel like that's always manifested when there's a person who I'm like, I I don't, I know I don't like this person, but I can't remember why. And then are you like, oh, it's me? And then I'm always like, they're fine. Right. And you, it, and it was it just that at one time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You and had, I think I feelings. just, yeah. And I, and I think at the time I just didn't feel good about myself. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. Okay, I'm ready. Enjoy the fuck out of my kids. I feel like you have been. We've been having a good time. Aww. I made, um, been baking bread. I've been into that lately so and they've been cute. helping me. No, they've, we've been having a lot more fun and I have been less irritable with them. Uh, next on my list, stay active and vocal about social justice and change. Mm. I'm going to do better about this in 2019. Okay. You know what? I will too. Okay. Deal. Yeah. I mean, I think I do an, I would say I'm an okay, okay. I think you do a pretty good job. I do a pretty good job. It has been hard this fall for my, to actually have actual concrete volunteering hours. I did some yeah. home texting, mm-hmm, some home mm-hmm. phone banking. Um, I do some volunteering, um, but I would really like to do more. And I also do some donating, but you know, yeah, I do call my, do call my representatives every week. It's the least I can do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You got to Got to get in there. I've got their numbers and speed dial read a fucking book that was direct quote from my list i will tell you i've gotten so much better about reading that's so good i am i love reading i feel it again in my bones i've been reading at night more that is all thanks to this podcast i don't know if it would have happened without this podcast i think also getting to interview so many authors has been really wonderful because i'm reading their work we have access to um these amazing book it's just opening me up to new writers it's just been so satisfying But you know when you say that i remember there was a period where you like couldn't get yourself to read yeah and now you can and it's great i think also uh, like reading what i want to read rather than reading what i feel like i'm supposed to be reading like not not necessarily reading the like you know new york times number one book of the year 
but reading yeah. what appeals to me. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pressure to like read the hot book or read the smart book or yes. whatever it is, rather than reading the thing that like really fills me. Sometimes those are the books that fill me. Anyway, make an effort to reconnect with old friends and connect with new ones. Still working on it, but I'm feeling better about this. Oh, good. Yeah. Don't be so hard on myself. On go. <laughs> <laughs> and then get some sleep and stay off my phone. Stay off my stupid phone is what I wrote. I'm getting better about it. And also getting better about not being hard on myself. And then the last intention I had was vote. Which you did. Which I will do forever. Yeah. And I also am very now invested in a lot of my local politics. I mm. did a lot of work for my local city council races last year, a lot of some volunteering and, and I'm much more in tune with what's going on locally um, than I ever have been. So I will continue to not just vote for myself, but encourage other people and set a good example for my children. You know, we have to protect voting rights because there are a lot of people who want to take them away from us. I mean, they've already succeeded for many people. Yes. So we've got to get on that. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to work on while we are not in a national election, making yeah. sure everybody has the right to vote yep. and that our elections are more fair because we still theoretically live in a democracy. <sighs> anyway, those were, that was my long list. Some intentions for this year. I actually feel like a lot of these kind of carry over. Yeah. Look, my biggest intention professionally outside of this podcast is to complete a first draft of a novel. I've been trying to do it for 10 years, 10 plus years. Well, now it's on the record. Now it's for all to know. Yeah. And I really, really want to complete it. If only just for me. Yes, but I'm sure it will be amazing. Will it? Who knows? When do I get to read it? Oh, Dory. I, I would say, how about when I get to 15,000 words? Okay, great. I'll send you what I have. Fabulous. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Um, that's my biggest professional goal of the year, in addition to just kind of building this podcast that we have started. And I would just say continuing to kind of be a, an act, socially active person, mm -hmm. while also um, kind of calming down my brain. Yeah. And continuing to work on loving myself. Sometimes those things can seem like they're diametrically it opposed. It can be very hard. So figuring out that balance. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Well, well, I look forward to your journey. Well, thank you. I can't wait to document it in six more months. Yeah. We should write these down and then check back in in July. Yes. Because what could happen by I then? mean. Who knows? Knock on wood, I'll have a two-month-old. Oh, my God. I want to be No, three-month-old. Mm, I got to hold. I can't wait to hold that baby. It's going to be such a fat little. Mm. Mm. Give me those baby thighs. <laughs> Our guest today is Heidi Rose Robbins. Heidi, so, we're so glad you're here. Yay. Um, we're going to get started by reading Heidi's bio. And before I start, you might have heard Heidi mentioned on numerous episodes. The one with Kulop, we get real into our passionate love of Heidi. So she's been a recurring theme in a few of our yeah. interviews. And now she's here. Heidi Rose Robbins is an esoteric astrologer, poet, podcaster, and leader of Radiant Life Retreats. As an astrologer, she has supported hundreds of people worldwide through major life transitions, spiritual crises, and growth opportunities. Her podcast, The Radiance Life Project, combines her love of astrology, poetry, and good company. And at her Radiant Life Retreats, Heidi helps people live more expressive and courageous lives through counsel, poetry, writing, and astrology. And I can say this is true, having gone on a Radiant Life Retreat. Cry. With Ellen, right? 
Oh, with past guest Ellen Fondler. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we connected. And so many other incredible people. It was like the most fun. And Heidi has shared original poetry, some of it featured in her 2013 collection, This Beckoning Ceaseless Beauty, at two TEDx events in Los Angeles. And her new book, Wild Compassion, just came out in December. Yay! And Heidi personally selfishly has been a very important person the past few years of my life who i head to when i'm in a panic Mm. (laughs) or not in a panic um but you've also at least for me made astrology uh, like a grounded approachable thing Mm. so i was wondering if we could get started with you just kind of getting to how you how you got interested and started exploring astrology and how it then became something you pursued in this way. Yeah. Well, I was so lucky because I was born into a family where my father was an astrologer already. So from the moment that I was two to three years old, I was learning the Zodiac and I did learn it to twinkle, twinkle, little star. So, you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo. And then we also did Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. So I knew these at three and I have recordings of myself. But, you know, so it was in my blood. It was in, it was in the house. Uh, my dad would often lean over to me when, you know, new boyfriend would walk in and be like, well, he's a Cancer with Scorpio moon, you know, <laughs> be like watch out for him or he'll make lots of money or whatever, you know, in, in light, you know, in a lighthearted way would he would he have asked the boyfriends for their you know he would say fine you know yes sometimes he would take them instead of being like be good to her be like when's your birth time (laughs) (laughs) but you know he's also somebody that you want to talk to and he was a very psychologically rich and interesting kind of wise man and so um nobody minded anyway so i i sort of was that that was in the environment as i was growing up and then when i was about 19 years old Uh, I attended my dad's first conference that he created and I said, oh, I'm actually really interested in learning this. And so he made me a series of audio tapes and I learned astrology, you know, in that way. And then I sort of branched out and studied with other astrologers and thus it unfolded. (laughs) It sounds like in your home growing up, he approached it with a sense of humor almost. Yes, he does have a sense of humor. Yes. But he also is, um, he also would sit down at the kitchen table and say, uh, so he would say, it's so good to be here with you all, all the time. And then he would say, what is the state of your being? (laughs) And is this something that you do with your kids? Uh, I have a sense of humor and I definitely will talk with them about astrology if they're interested. And I'll, I'll occasionally say, oh, you know, the moon is in this sign or, oh, you're a Leo. You're so courageous. And this is what you're, you know, your opportunity is, but I definitely wait for them to come to me around these things. You know, you don't want to like <laughs> insert it too much. Right. I realize we didn't even for, for someone listening who does not know what astrology is, we should clarify. Could you give us like the lay person's definition of astrology and what it is you do with it? Yeah. So it's for me, it's a beautiful science and tool and intuitive art. It is a science of cycles and it's a science of relationships. And it is a beautiful way. It's the astrology studies the moment that you were born and where all the planets were in the heavens at that time and how those archetypal energies aid us in our growth and allow us to move through obstacles with greater grace. Um, and, you know, it's interesting if you look at certain words, astrology 
really, when you when you look at the word consider, the roots are with the stars. And if you look at the word disaster, the roots are against the stars. So for thousands of years, we've been looking to the heavens, and astrology is a beautiful way to continue to do that. And it's incredibly grounded and incredibly practical. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great way to come to know oneself. For people who might not be familiar with astrology, what would you suggest as kind of a starting point? Um, well, you know what I'm doing now, which I feel like is a great entry point, is I'm doing these things called snapshots. And most people just know their sun sign, and that's all they know. So I thought, well, how can I introduce people to just a little bit more than that? So um, I'm now offering these things called astrological snapshots, and you can order one about your sun, moon, and rising. You can order one about the current transits. You can order one about Jupiter and Saturn placement, and they're at a very low pr- price point. And I make a little audio, and you start to go, oh, that's why I never completely felt like a Pisces. Do you know? I mean, yes, in, this... Dory, in, in Dory's case, I just want to say she's, yeah. you know, here you are, a Taurus, and yet you're Aquarius rising. Those are radically different energies. So there's a part of you that feels like not Taurus at all. You're both Aquarius rising rising, by the way, mm-hmm. which make an Aquarius rules the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it oh, rules social media. It's <laughs> at the cutting edge of things. Well, that was very <laughs> eye-opening to me when I first saw you because I am a, I'm a cancer and your sun sign is the is when you were born, right? It's the month, the day and the month that you were born. We all know our sun sign. If I yes. said, what's your sign? You'd say, I'm a cancer. I'm a cancer, but yeah. I have... Aquarius rising and Aquarius moon. Yes. And I felt and and lear, and then I learning about a, what a, Aquarius f- helped me understand so much more about myself and I would have never even gone over there. Yeah. I mean and I also identify very cancer cancerly. The rising sign is such a gift. It's such an invitation and I love that the two of you share the same rising sign. I mean, for example, Aquarius says, "Water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men." and women. (laughs) So it's like this idea of I have wisdom, I have fun, I have lightness to share with all of you. And that's my wisdom and you're meant to share it, you know. But in in your case, Kate, yeah, you're a cancer, which has much more sensitivity. It's like you both have your own form of shyness. And you both have your own form of like, totally out there, you know, (laughs) and you can see it in the charts Mm -hmm. completely. Can you explain what a rising sign is? Yeah, it's the constellation that was at the horizon the moment that you were born. So that's why we need to know the exact time, the exact place, the exact moment, because it's the constellation that was coming up over the horizon. And it is the sign that is rising within you. It's what you are here to cultivate. It's what you're here to learn about and embrace more. So it's like our, it's like our soul's purpose. So if somebody says to me, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I feel so directionless. Blah, blah, blah. You got to look to the rising sign because that's like hope in a bottle, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's what's rising or ascending in you. And, and then what does the moon sign symbolize? Simplest way to say it is the moon is our past, the sun is our present, the rising sign is our future. The moon is our childhood, is our instinctual behaviors, is our emotional life. So the moon is our go-to if we feel, you know, it's, it's our safety zone. It's what we just, okay, I know how to do this. I learned how to do this as a child. I, I say the moon is what we do because we were all imperfectly held. No matter how brilliant our parents were, they couldn't be completely brilliant. It's hard to say that as a parent, but <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> it's depressing, but, but it's true. So what do you do when you're 
imperfectly held? And what do you do to soothe yourself? And what do you do to make sure it's all okay? I'm a moon in Capricorn. So I get really responsible, you know, when I go, I'll just organize everything and I'll control everything and everything will be fine. But that's not ultimately going to serve me completely down the road. And that's why I have to look to my rising sign. So what do you, what do you say to people who are skeptical of astrology? What I say First is that astrology has gotten a bad rap and, and a lot of astrologers have created that bad rap too. Do you know, like it's not a fortune telling. I am mm-hmm. not going to tell you, you know, your boyfriend is going to enter in two weeks and, or, you know. Right. You're not a psychic. Right. So, so number one, I, I, I want to clear things up. Number two, I want to invite them to start looking at the people in their lives and be willing to be you know, infinitesimally open to observe human behavior. If, you know, if, if people are so close that they're like, that's, you know, uh, there's something fundamentally wrong with that, then, then I, then I just let it be. Right. Um, but if there's even a shred of an opening, I say, just look at your family. Notice there are certain signs that repeat themselves within a family. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, totally. Again and again. I have have Leo rising. My daughter is a Leo. My husband has Sagittarius rising. My son is a Sagittarius. Um, I have Taurus throughout my entire family. So you start to look at what the patterns are. You just have to open your eyes. You start to look at what people look like. And then you ask, you know, you can say, you can ask them their sign. And, you know, I'm not great at guessing all the time, but sometimes it's just so clear what this person is, you know? So I, I just, uh, I'm so uh, determined to be grounded with this beautiful art and science. And I just invite people in for the ride and to try it out. And how do you think people can use astrology as part of self-care? Like, how does it factor into kind of connecting with yourself, getting to know yourself better? And then also, like, what does it not do? Yeah. That makes sense. One of the things that I've been doing for a year now is every morning on Instagram, I wrote, write what I'm calling a moon note. Oh, yes. But my idea behind these moon notes is just to get people conscious of the energies so they have a choice. Right before we started recording this, the moon moved into Scorpio. Okay. So I know that. And if I know the moon moves into a certain sign or a planet moves into a certain sign and I know the worst of that sign and I know the best of that sign, then I actually have a choice about how I'm going to work with it instead of being like blindsided by it. So astrology gives you the, the choice to say, okay, well, Scorpio is deep and penetrating and psychologically rich and it's financial and it's, uh, it's got a, powerful quality to it. So do I want to go there? Or do I want to go into resentment reactivity and, you know, flipping someone off at the corner because they, you know, made a mis- you know, came, drove in front of me, you know? So, so astrology gives you a, a consciousness, it allows you to bring your consciousness to every moment. And it allows you to make the best choices as far as I'm concerned. And what it doesn't do is sort of what we said before, it doesn't promise you that this will be delivered on your doorstep. You know, um, I had somebody come to me the other day, who was like, Oh, another astrologer told me that I would have a girl. And that, um, you know, we would, uh, it was something about the sex of the baby. And I was like, there's no way you can know that. I am sorry. Right. I have little fits when people tell me what previous astrologers have told me. I bet. <laughs> Here's a question. 
I want to know about Mercury and retrograde. Oh my God, I was just going to ask that. It must be our Aquarius rising. It's our Aquarius rising, just (laughs) in sync. (laughs) And Mercury is in retrograde right now. It is right now as we're recording this. And I feel like in terms of astrology references on the internet, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. And how... Uh, what actually does it mean when Mercury is in retrograde? Should we really be abiding by the like, don't sign a contract if every electrical thing breaks, it's because of Mercury? Mercury retrograde is connected to some of those things. And I absolutely advise people when Mercury is retrograde, which means it is not moving direct. It, it appears to be moving backwards, but it is not moving direct. So it's like pausing in a way. So I advise people, be careful what you sign. But if you have read the contract three times, and if you feel clear, and if you bring your consciousness, then sign it. Do you know? I mean, if you have a choice, wait till it goes direct. You'll have so much more in your favor. Because Mercury is the planet of communication. It's like how it's how we connect, the bridges we build, the contracts we sign, what we write, what we say. So if I'm going to pitch something... I mean, I just broke my own rule. You know, I've been, I've been pitching some things during Mercury retrograde, but I'm like, okay, but it's really about, you know, I, you can justify. Um, <laughs> right. But if I, had a, if I have a choice and I'm going to wait till it goes direct to launch a retreat to, you know, to announce a, a class. Right? right, right, right. Because it's the, your words, your Mercury connection is being supported and directed. So I would just say this, during Mercury retrograde, if you can, take those three weeks to reflect a little, to re- review what happened for the previous four months, to take a breath, to brainstorm about your next book, to brainstorm about your next offering. If you can do use it that way, use it that way. It's kind of like a time to take a pause. Exactly. Exactly, Dory. Exactly. Um, I was thinking it might be helpful. I know you did both of our charts yeah. um, for us to kind of go over them so people can kind of see how this stuff works in practice. Yeah. So, so just to give a little glimpse story, you know, you have the sun in Taurus in the fourth house. So when you look at a chart, it's divided up into 12 sections and each section is like a room in a castle. So your sun is solidly at the base of the chart in home and family and motherhood and like wrapping your arms around something and taking care of something. So it's right there at the base of your chart. And Taurus is like, I understand the rhythms of things. Nobody rushes me. I I bring my will to what I choose to do. It's got a quiet pace and it's in a rhythmic, uh, beautiful unfolding. Like, and it can be stubborn, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like home, 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 home. Like you've got, it's so much about home. And then your moon is also in Taurus. So you've got, you're sort of like double stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But your moon is in the third house of guess what? Communication. Let's talk to everybody. Let's build bridges. Let's network. Let's share wisdom. Let's share information. Your moon, by the way, the, the, the position of mama, home, emotions, motherhood is about to be hit for once in a lifetime hit by the planet Uranus that takes 84 years to go around a chart. And it hits for the first time in, in May. Whoa. Come on. So, and it hits, it hits. Heidi, come on. She's I, due in I, April. <laughs> you are? Yeah, April 22nd. Well, the, the first hit of this is May 23rd, which is absolutely an orb because it takes 84 years to go around oh the chart. Oh my God. If you came to me a year ago and said, I want to get pregnant, I would say, hallelujah, Uranus is going to hit the moon. 
I couldn't promise you, but sure. I would be like, that's an, in- that's an incredible um, thing. So it's going to hit three times, which is often baby, a, a move, mm-hmm. change of house, change of internal state. Your whole Taurian rhythm is going to radically change, mm. right? I mean, Taurus is like, I get up, I have a nice cup of tea. I do this, I do that. And Uranus is like, what? <laughs> get ready, Kate. Get ready. <laughs> you do have a morning routine. I've heard it. It's very mm. stable. It's very calm. And you can continue to do that and it'll be great for baby, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, <sighs> so just, to, and, and then let's just lay in Aquarius rising, which you both have, which is this sign of wanting to be of service. And you guys, with this podcast, is beautiful. You are using Aquarius, the interwebs, you know, to share, <laughs> to share the good word, to share the wisdom, to offer, like, to quench the thirst. We're, people are thirsty. Yeah? Okay. And their skin is thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Thirsty. Everyone's very dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you have, a, I mean, and just to say, you know, Kate, you, I mean, you're a cancer. So there's, and you're, it's in the fifth house, which is the house of artistry and creativity. Mm. So you bring all your sensitivity to your creative life. You're, you're, you're an amazing writer creator. You bring all the love and vulnerability and tenderness to this realm of creativity. And, and you have this beautiful dance between totally immersing and feeling everybody and then being able to detach and comment on it and write about it and be funny, right? So it's this beautiful combination of Cancer and Aquarius, which Cancer's like, I love you, I feel you, I want to wrap my arms around you, I feel really, really sensitive. And Aquarius is like, hmm, it's fascinating to study my (laughs) emotional dynamic, right? (laughs) So, I mean, this just gives you a glimpse, but... Uh, also seeing you always leaves me feeling good about myself. <laughs> like, oh, well. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and by the way, I have to say one more thing. Both of you have Jupiter at the top of your chart right now, which is the point of career. Oh. Because you're both Aquarius Boy. rising. Mm. It only happens once every 12 years. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> and you are a little hmm. bit ahead, Dory. It, Jupiter entered your um, 10th house a little earlier, and it's just now entering your 10th house. Well, I life. am older. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there, Jupiter. Oh, that sucks. Oh, boy, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> How often do you look at your own chart? You know, n- not as often as you'd think. Mm-hmm. I have a, I, it's in my head. Yeah. But occasionally I'll be like, why am I so grumpy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, why am I so miserable at this moment? And I'll look it up. Or if I'm looking at timings of things mm-hmm. and going like, okay, I got to plan this out well, then I'll look at it. But generally, I've got it in my head. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, 
They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Oh, and sorry, just to, again, because I think probably many of our listeners are not familiar with birth charts. Um, what do you need to yeah. do someone's oh, chart? Yes. Good. Yeah, that's a great question. question. I need, and this is so, I'm glad you give me the opportunity to say this because I need the exact time. <laughs> don't round it off. If you, you know, if you can help it, obviously some people don't know, but if you can get your birth certificate, if you can call the city hall, whatever, your exact time of birth, your day, date, and place of birth, city and state or city and country. Yeah. So, and then we can, then we create a beautiful two-dimensional picture of the heavens when you were born. And even if you don't know what a chart looks like when you see it, it's kind of like, what is that? Because it's kind of inviting and mysterious and filled with symbols. It is. It's like another language almost. (laughs) It is. It's totally another language. So what are, how do you kind of, it's interesting because your career part of your career anyway with astrology is this thing that so many people use as a tool to, you know, work on their themselves and their own lives. What are your self-care practices? Like I go to you to help myself. (laughs) So how do you take care of yourself? (sighs) And do you, I mean, maybe I wish I I had better answers. No, no, I was of of challenge. It is an area of challenge. And I was definitely thinking about it on the way over here. And I was like, gold lip gloss <laughs> I mean. and under eye concealer. No, no. But I no. truly how I take care of myself is I need as much silence as possible and solitude as possible, which is very, very hard to come by. But when I get an hour, I, um, I'm a different human. Mm. Um, and so I try to also like maybe twice a year go off by myself, as you well know, um, you know, for three or three or four nights, three nights if I can do it and just be silent. And Where do you go? I try to go to, I go to Ohio. Oh, mostly. nice. Yeah, I mostly go to Ohio. Um, 
when I can, I have a beautiful yoga teacher who I adore who now live streams. So I'm like, I can just go bloop. And, you know, so those, that's important to me as terms of self care. And, you know, you and I were talking about this, Kate, um, poetry, poetry is a huge form of self care for me, because the minute I can slow myself down enough to read the poetry that I love, I'm like, right, okay, you know, that's where I'm at. Mm. That's the pain I'm feeling, or that's the the tenderness, or that's the the threshold I'm walking, you know? So I don't have a lot of traditional beauty self-care things, but I do have internal self-care things. Poetry is so is such an interesting self-care practice. And you're we should also say you are also a poet and a writer. And you use poetry in a lot of your teachings. Yeah. And like, even if you just go for a session with you, you'll be like, oh, there's this poem. <laughs> that, and, and also on your podcast, you have guests read po- poetry. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a real integral part of who you are. And it's such an interesting, I, I, for me, I when my mom was sick, I started reading poetry and I didn't even connect that it had like, I was just like, oh, I'm reading, who knows why I'm doing this. But it really is a, has a very healing quality that's different from like picking up a book or um, writing or journaling for me. Re- reading poetry was really eye-opening. We have I don't know if we've touched on it yet on the podcast of self-care. I'm a big advocate also of reading poetry aloud. And I'm also a big advocate of poetry that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can make feeling sense. So maybe that's not fair. But sometimes I throw New Yorker magazines across the room because I feel like, <laughs> what is this about? And I mean... So for me, I love the poetry that I can breathe with and that I can go, oh, and I can feel deeply in my being and that that changes me as I read it, you know. And so I'm not as much into the interesting intellectual turns of phrase as I am to the poetry that cracks you open and goes like, okay, that that just brought me relief. How did you first start writing poetry? You know, again, it was a childhood thing. I think I was, you know, seven or eight. And my dad would, uh, we would all sing around the piano. He would sing these old folk songs and we'd all sing together. And it was, but, but he encouraged us a lot on the piano. And I remember I'd started making these compositions. And then I started creating sort of words, not lyrics, really, that would go with them. And they were very dark at first. They were like dark, cold, scary, a mind in which you can never break loose or something. I'm like seven years old and writing. It's insane. But I think all along I was writing poetry. And then um, I had a really good friend in fifth and sixth grade, and we just would go home and write poetry. Mm. And And then I was, I think I went away from it for a while. But about 20 years ago, <clears throat> when I came, uh, when I moved to Los Angeles, I was lucky enough to start working with a wonderful writing teacher who really just brought poetry back in again. And, um, and I was like, Oh, my God, I do love this. And also David White, the poet, oh, he yeah. too also came back and he came into my life about that time, too. And I was like, okay. And I started writing about, I would say, about 20 years ago again. So interesting, because I think poetry is something I would stop myself from doing it feels embarrassing. There's something about writing a poem that feels embarrassing or cheesy or like it's going to be very hacky. But it, I mean, do you ever write a poem, Dory? I don't. Uh, but it might, I feel like it could be an interesting practice just to do for yourself. Nobody has to see the poem. Yeah, for sure. And my beautiful friend and teacher um, would always say, Falling in love is embarrassing. You bear your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like 
falling in love, you have to be wide open. And I think with poetry, you don't have to be wide open to start, but you write yourself into wide open. And you're right, you can burn it when you're done. But give yourself the gift of seeing yourself on the page. Give yourself the gift of relieving yourself from the inner turmoil. Every poem I've written starts like I am you know, dark and miserable, but then I write myself into (laughs) the light. I swear that's the only reason why I write is to like self-care and to transform and hopefully to lift us all in that process. Name the gunk and then transform it. (laughs) Do you have um, special rituals for the new year? Oh, good question. Yes, I will say this. Um, We have very few family traditions in our, my little family. I have two kids. But New Year's has started to be one for like the last five or six years. We sometimes we have a New Year's, we call it a New York New Year's Eve party. So sometimes we celebrate New Year's with uh-huh. a bunch of people at nine o'clock and mm. then everybody goes home. That sounds that's fantastic. a really good idea. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and families love it. We light sparklers at nine o'clock. We're like, Happy New Year. Good night. <laughs> um, sometimes we do that. But then, but I will say on New Year's Day, we wake up in the morning and I have all these different packs of cards, like, you know, little divination cards that are sweet. They have words on them or we don't, it's not tarot, but it's like, so we all draw about four or five of them and we read everything to one another. And so we start off getting a theme for the year. And then in the afternoon we make collages. Mm. So we make New Year's New it Year's sounds collages. sounds a lot like my past few New Year's. Really? Yeah. My husband got into doing tarot like for the new year beautiful um and we've also made vision boards the last couple of we years be in the same household yeah <laughs> have you ever seen the is it the unknown oh gosh. the wild unknown wild unknown yeah that's the one i have it's a deck the i have deck, but they also have the animal card deck which is so beautiful oh, um, i have to get that there that's so inviting and is the collaging a inspired by the cards is it a vision board of sorts or is it yeah, I always just like to sit for a long... I mean, I have tons of collage stuff because we do collages at the retreats. Oh, so I'm I always collaged with you. <laughs> so I'm it's always collecting. In my office. Yeah. And a lot of times people have never collaged before and they're like, I'm supposed to do what? But um, yeah, I just let... I just sit and I think, well, what do I want to... What feels beautiful to me? What feels inspiring to me? And I will say the collages like manifest. Like I made one once with this red rose that was coming through this dark thickness and... And it just was a huge year of transformation. And I looked at it at the end of the year and I was like, oh my God, I just, <laughs> I just collaged my year, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's so deeply uh, stilling and in, um, delicious and three hours of not thinking. I mean, we, I, I take it seriously. It takes a long time. That sounds really lovely. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you think, um, what can astrology kind of tell us about the coming year? Yeah. So just a couple things about the upcoming year. So just as I was saying to you that Jupiter is in your 10th house. Well, for everyone, Jupiter just a couple of weeks ago moved into the sign of Sagittarius, and it's going to stay all year long, well, until November of 2019. Such a beautiful combination. Jupiter loves to be in Sagittarius. It's a fire sign. It creates new visions, like both of you are going to create all kinds of new visions for your career. What's the next goal? What's the next horizon? Where do we want to take this? What TV show do we want? No. Oh, I wish. <laughs> From your mouth to, to executives. Yeah. <laughs> but for everyone, it is this um, sort of 
idealistic, hopeful time. Last year was a lot of gunk coming to the surface and a lot of transformation, a lot of healing. But now we have new visions, we have new horizons. So Jupiter and Sagittarius says travel the world, have adventures, take big risks, you know, go to the go to the horizon. And then all year long as well, we have Saturn in Capricorn. It's our, it moved in last December, and it's going to be all through 2019. Saturn also loves to be in Capricorn. They're called rulerships. Saturn rules Capricorn, Jupiter rules Sagittarius. Tremendous purpose, tremendous sense of determination around climbing the mountain. Like you take your life seriously and you're like, okay, what, what is the goal? And I'm going to go after it step by step by step. So we all have these two energies that are really available to us. Um, and then I would also say that for those that have strong Capricorn, it's going to be quite a year because Jupiter sat, Jupiter will move into Capricorn at the end of the year. Saturn is in Capricorn. Pluto is in Capricorn. There are tons of eclipses in Capricorn. So the Capricorn people are going to be really inspired to summit and to achieve and to, you know, uh, take the world by by the horns or something. And and when you say Capricorn people, that could be sun, moon, or rising. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter which. It could even be a stellium, which is a collection of planets like Mars, Venus, Saturn, Jupiter, all in Capricorn. So, and then you could say that people that are Cancerian, the sign opposite Capricorn, will also have be affected. Mm. So it's interesting. Um yeah. So, I mean, that's a, a, a tiny glimpse. I would Uranus has now moved into Taurus or it will move into Taurus in just a, a couple of months and it transforms the Taurian person. It's, it's, it's reinvention. It's new life. It's, um, excitement. It's improvisation. It shakes up the routine for all Taurian people too. Wow. Um, Heidi, it was so good to talk to you. Yes. Where, fantastic. where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram, just at Heidi Rose Robbins. And then my website is HeidiRose.com. And if people want to look at retreats or classes, it's all on your website. It's all there. You can order my new book, Wild Compassion. And you can listen to Heidi's podcast, The Radiance Project. Yes. I mean, you might as if you've never listened to it, start with the episode I'm on. Pretty sure I cry. <laughs> your podcast is so fantastic. Thank you. I, I've we completely forgot to mention it but it's such a uh, like a joyful healing positive experience and i and i always go to it because most of my podcasts are like politics murder and then i put yours on and it's like so comforting and soothing mm. and there's poems and it's just and so much wisdom it's just delightful thank you I love it thank you yeah i would love to have you along i mean you can learn a little astrology and learn about poetry and amazing people and dory we're gonna have to have you come on i would happily come <laughs> on that would be you. so much fun yeah um well thanks again thank, thank you guys you. thanks so much so kate dory how did your role into 2019 go well you know i kind of wanted to do it with no resolutions and yeah. just like uncondish love for myself yeah and for everyone in the world. Kind of a lofty goal. Really? You know, yeah. <laughs> just, just loving everyone. No big deal. Uh, but it does, it ha- you know, it's weird. I, I, it's hard for me to not set resolutions and intentions. Mm. Like they just kind of keep popping into my brain. of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this year I'm going to do this. And this year I'm going to rest more. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't make some big to do. I didn't, 
try, you know, get too swept up in like the new year challenges. Yes. I just tried to be content with where I am and who I am with, which is my family and friends. And, and that has felt, felt pretty good. That's amazing. Well, thank you. How, how was practicing Jomo? <laughs> the joy of missing out, just to remind everyone. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, my intent was to practice Jomo on New Year's Eve and to do something calming on New Year's Day. So I, um, I got my husband to agree to we were just going to make dinner and do some vision boarding on New Year's Eve. Ooh, 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 yeah. Dory. And do a little tarot. So it was a very forever 35 New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, listen, I'm glad, I'm glad Matt's on board with our vibe. Fully on board with our vibe. Um, and then, yeah, New Year's Day um, just was very chill. So, yeah, so I feel like I'm heading into 2019 with, with some, some calmness. Oh, that's how you want to start this year of change. Exactly. What is your intention for the coming week? Well, uh, as we noted uh, when you and I were chatting before recording this, I changed my intention and I changed it to one word, Dory. And that word is right. (laughs) W-R-I-T-E. Not right like I'm always right, though we know I am. Yes. Just just kidding. I'm full of wrongs. But anyway, (laughs) I... You know what? I'm really trying to stick with the project I'm writing. My goal for this year is really to just finish this project. Great. And not finish it and like have to show it to anybody or have to be a thing, but just finish it. Like write the end at the end of this document when it is done. I've just have not had that in a while. I really want the satisfaction of following through on something because that's a huge challenge for me creatively. I get distracted. I I just kind of get sidetracked or I start to think of things that I think would be a better idea. So I'm just going to try to keep sticking with it. And I'm doing that by posting my word counts occasionally on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It helps me kind of feel accountable. Like I'm actually doing something. Um, So who knows, but that's my, that's kind of my goal for this week, but also for 2019. I I really I really really love that. I think well, please yell there's at me so about much. It. Well, there's so much power in just finishing something. Yes, and not it doesn't have to be like a creative thing. It can no. be like paying off a credit card. Yeah, and but even with a creative thing, I think why finishing something is so powerful is because it it just allows you to kind of plow through and not be inhibited and not be perfectionist. And mm-hmm. I think you know perfection what is that saying is the enemy perfect is the enemy of good yes perfect is the enemy of good and like you know if you finish something at least you have a starting point to make it better so yes it's so hard today I sat I went sat down to write and I spent 25 minutes filling out a foster dog application oh really (laughs) but then I did write 1200 words. So, you know, maybe I just need to fill out a foster dog application before I write. Hey, whatever every time. works. Whatever um, it takes. I'm going to have 30 dogs by the time this project's done. Your husband's going to be like, um. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you wrote that book, but we now run an animal well, shelter. Yeah, why are we a kennel? Um, <laughs> okay, so tell me what your plan is. Okay, week. so, you know, we were, Matt and I were going to do the Christmas purge. Christmas purge. And for various reasons, it just didn't happen. But then 
we did go to, we went to Las Vegas together for, for three days. Um, and on the drive back, we were kind of talking through like, what is, what is preventing us from starting this purge? Um, and we, yeah, we had a very introspective car ride. And I think we're both a little overwhelmed by how much we have to do to like get the house ready for the baby. And we keep hearing from people being like, you don't need that much for a baby. Like, you know, he just needs like a bassinet to sleep in. And it's like, yes, that is true. But we also like, we don't even, we don't even have space for a bassinet right now. Like there is no room in our house. So there's, we, and you know, I would like him to have a room and in order for him to have a room, we need to like move stuff out of that room. So anyway, you know, I've talked about this before. We just haven't started because it seems very daunting. And so I think we were both like, okay, we need to just, we need to just start (laughs) and take it one step at a time. So, and have you figured out a way to kind of break down the purge process or make it feel less overwhelming? Yeah. So, part of that, and I'd already made a kind of a list of what we need to do, but I think it's going to require, we need to make a new list, like a much more detailed list. And we also need to make some decisions about what we're going to do with like some of our extra furniture. Like, do we sell it? Do we put it in storage? Do we, you know what I mean? Like we keep kind of going in circles with this. Like we're both like, Oh, we have too much stuff. What do we do with it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> um, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously a good problem to have, Of course. but you know, also on my other podcast, we, we've heard from people being like, you know, you don't actually have as much time as you think. Like the baby could oh come gosh. early. And I'm like, <laughs> someone was like, you should really have your nursery set up by 30 weeks. And I was like, oh, that's six weeks away. Well, and here's oh, the, here's the boy. other factor that is actually a real factor, which is Bo um, and his behaviorist and this new trainer that we're working with. They both suggest getting actually getting the nursery set up sooner rather than later so that he gets used to its presence and like the new configuration of the house. Um, so that's like another thing that we're like, Oh, we got to do this for Bo. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, it's just another factor. Well, listen, if you need an extra set of hands, I'm happy to come over and help. Oh my God. Really? We don't, it's sure. not even the hands. It's the, no, throw that out. Oh, do you want me to be that person? Yes. For both of you? Yes. Well, that might end all of our friendships if I'm going to come over and I'm going to throw it all we have, out. We end up with nothing in our house. <laughs> that would be the dream. Matt was like, I mean, I don't think we could be minimalists, but, and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's not your style. It's not my style and my husband's style either. No. Um, I think the thing too with like, with clearing out the home and getting ready for baby is it's mentally preparing you guys. Like it totally, you know, the baby's not going to arrive and be like, um, excuse me, where's my crib? <laughs> no, you're not going to know. Right. It's sleep in a box, but right. it, it helps you kind of like mentally prepare to what's to come. Totally. Yes. And we, I think we've, we've sort of hit a wall. Yeah. Um, and we have to, we have to, you know, climb the wall. As it were. Climb that wall. Get Climb in there. Um, we do have to get a baby gate to help start training Bo. So, like, that will be another thing that's, like, 
oh, a baby's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a gate here. <laughs> there's where a gate you should be here. able to just walk through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know. So, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep everyone posted, obviously. Well, Dory, you know, welcome to 2019. It feels great to be here with hey, you. Hey, likewise. I'm glad um, we're here. I'm very glad we're here to see another year on this planet. And I also just want to remind everyone that we do have a voicemail that you can leave us messages on that we might play on a mini episode. It's at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us about your resolutions or your non-resolutions. Yeah. Or tell us whatever you want. We love hearing from you. And you can also join our Facebook group, www.facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast with many spinoffs. The entry password is serums. And we always greatly appreciate it if you leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we appreciate it if you tell a friend. Uh, we appreciate it if you mention us on social media. So all of those things really make a difference to us. We appreciate everything. We and, do. Uh, friendly reminder that everything, all products and goodies mentioned are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Forever35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrier and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And we have assistance from Lane Hammer. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week.